Welcome back to the White Bikini. My name is Marie White, and joining me today is my co-host, Nicholas Banson. How are you, Nick? Hello, Marie. It's good to be with you once again. Today is Thursday, May 18th, 2023. And in today's episode, we're going to discuss the candidates for the mayor's race in Philadelphia. We have got it down to two contenders. And Nick, can you tell me both of their names? I want to see if you're paying attention because I don't think you can answer this question. Oh my God, I am so not really paying attention. Uh, This whole mayoral race is just one giant snooze fest. All I know is that Cheryl Parker was the front runner. And I think there are Alan Dom and Helen Jim. Those are the only names I know. But beyond that, I am so disappointed with myself. I know nothing more than that. And I did send you notes to prepare, correct? You did. And like most really, really awesome students who are really good, I didn't do my homework. All right. Let it be noted. Since the primary on Tuesday, the two top candidates for the mayor's race in Philadelphia which I am admitting is a snooze fest, but I do feel that we have a responsibility as a podcast based in Philadelphia to know who is the next step to running the city because it's important in terms of the presidential race also. Yes, yes. I mean, Philadelphia is a major, major city. Pennsylvania is in a very important swing state. So what happens in the city of Philadelphia will have national impact. The top candidates, we're going to start with the Democratic nominee, Sherelle Parker. She is the longest serving legislative official in the race. She spent a decade in Harrisburg as a state representative from 2005 to 2015 and following seven years as a member of city council representing Northwest Phillies District 9, where she grew up and still lives. I think what upset me most about doing this research is I literally don't know these people, but there was a time that I was so involved and invested and knew everything about every candidate. And that made me sad. So I'm going to do better. Yeah, I think I could do the same. But as you said, none of these people really grabbed my attention. You know, we go back to like a figure like John Street with his Afro and he kind of looked like George Jefferson. Even if you didn't know what he was about, he was still an interesting person to listen to. Um, even Michael Nutter, who was also a little bit of a snooze fest, um, he had some interesting ideas, ideas that he hardly followed through on. I just think everyone is just kind of milk toast right now. Ed Rendell, Wilson Good. I, I yeah. just, I, I feel like they were elevated personalities and someone I knew and I knew a lot about. And I, feel, I was sad. I was like, God, I really don't know anything. But let's keep going because now we're, you know, we're doing better and we're gonna know more about them. The flip side of that is now we're part of the problem. We're part of an electorate that is so disengaged, so disaffected, so apathetic, we don't even know who the candidates are. And you know, you said it earlier, I, I am disappointed in myself that I don't know more and that I didn't take the time to know more. It's just, I feel like, we talk about this, I feel like the magic is, somewhat gone like i met Ed rendell at certain social outings like there was just kind of a different connection that there's just that lack of community or interaction any longer agreed agreed 100 percent. 
Back to Sherelle Parker. She married Ben Mullins, a leader in the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers in 2010, and they live in Mount Airy section of Philadelphia. She has a great background. On a down note for me, and I don't like to judge anyone from something that happened 12 years ago. In 2011, she was arrested for driving under the influence. Ooh, that's not a good look. And driving the wrong way on a one-way street. She was convicted and lost her appeal in 2015. She began serving her sentence of three days in jail, a $1,000 fine. That's and all? A, and a one-year license suspension. That's it? You could potentially kill someone and it cost you $1,000? I think in 2011, we were still in that phase of like, let's cover this up the best we can. Agreed. Agreed. It wouldn't happen today. Yeah, unfortunately, you're right. I mean, the degree to which social media has penetrated society and permeated our lives, it's significantly different. The Republican candidate, and he really ran unopposed because no one's running for the Republican party is David O. David was born in Philadelphia on March 8th, 1960. He grew up in Cobbs Creek. His father, Kihang O, was a pastor. O graduated from Dickinson College and Rutgers Law School. He became a member of the Pennsylvania Bar Association. After graduating from law school, he worked for three years as an assistant district attorney. He resigned to join the Army in 1988 and served until 1992 as a second lieutenant in the Army National Guard. In 2008, he did merge. He is a lawyer. He has a firm called Zarwin Baum DeVito Kaplan. It's too long. He's a lawyer. <laughs> I'm over it. But prior to running for office, O worked for Mayor Ed Rendell's transition team, as well as on Governor Ridge's trade mission to South Korea. What an impressive resume. It's a shame he's a Republican. If this guy was running on the Democratic ticket, just based on that alone, I would support his candidacy. Yeah, I think it's kind of a weird, let's be honest. David O is representing a very specific Philadelphian. Someone that lives, you know. In South Philadelphia? Well, he's a little more elevated where I feel like Shirelle is really going to, I think she's gonna be a little more boots on the ground. Agreed, agreed. But at the same time, I think it's okay to recognize this guy has quite a resume that he brings to the table and it'd be interesting to see if he were not on the Republican ticket, if he were in the Democratic primary, how well he would have done. And I suspect he probably would have gotten blown out. David O also has a weird story. You might remember back in 2017, he was stabbed. No, I don't remember this. Tell me more about it. David O was stabbed in, in Southwest Philadelphia while returning home. He underwent surgery the same night and was back at work in fewer than 48 hours. I do remember that. Maybe that's why he's a Republican. (laughs) Sean Yarbrae was found guilty of attempted murder, but then they dropped a lot of the serious charges against him, which I think is also strange. Well, so was it the, was it kind of that, that all black people look alike situation? I don't know. I don't know. But I I was joking. That's why he became a Republican, you know, because, of course, (laughs) of the obvious racial undertones implied in in my statement. 
but you know whatever whatever color you are you get stabbed by someone of a different race you're going to be very suspicious of those people collectively rightly and mostly wrongly well here's my question the man was found not guilty so was it a case of mistaken identity there's not a lot of information it just again with the drunk driving thing it just kind of disappeared yeah for an attempted murder charge for it to get dismissed like that it didn't happen where he there was a plea deal for a lesser offense or anything like that i suspect that yeah it's kind of they all look alike and we just grab a black guy that generally fits the description between six foot eight and four foot six and between 50 pounds and 400 pounds and we'll take it from there that being said philadelphia is the crime rate the chaos is at an all-time high and i'm concerned that these two candidates are going from zero to 100 in terms of their ability to switch gears from what they were doing. Being the mayor of Philadelphia is a badass position. Look at you using naughty words. And I'm concerned, are they strong enough? Pause. Can you hear the background conversation? Um, for a minute now, I can't. (sighs) All right, this is going to take a long time to edit, but continue. Do you want to start over? No, no, let's continue. I'll, I'll just chop this thing up. I'm sorry, Nick. It's okay. Just, there's nothing I can do. I mean, did my did I do anything wrong? No, it's not you. It's the circumstances of my life. It is what it is. So, just doing a little more research, Councilman David O's stabbing was a case of mistaken identity. Yeah, sounds about right. So, I guess the question is, who did it? Well, according to the record. We don't know because had they found the right person, that person would have served or could possibly be serving a significant jail sentence. Uh, I'm more suspicious because I'm going to go back. May he rest in peace, the cash app guy. Oh, are we thinking potential? Well, we're going to stop here because we are a civilized podcast. Well, I'm not civilized. I'm Jamaican. Um, So if I'm reading between the lines, I'm guessing that maybe we had a bad drug deal or perhaps there was a case of some little sort hanky-panky. of little hanky panky with a member of the same sex and you know you can't have the wife and kids find out he wouldn't be the first one to fall in that category so moving on i am concerned and let me be honest i'm not out there running for public office neither are you so But we do feel that we want to elevate our responsibility. So we do want to have a better understanding because they are working, walking into the most violent time in Philadelphia that I I can remember in a cognitive memory. I don't know what happened in the early 70s, the Frank Rizzo days. I that's more of the tail end of what I remember. But we have constant violence. We have a current mayor that is so checked out from his position that it's embarrassing. Even Agreed. in the pandemic, he was, what was he, over in Italy? Really? And then yeah. also that this Danielle- This was a part-time job for him. Yeah, and it's it's like someone like Ed Rendell, those guys were invested. John Street, you know, Michael Nutter, they, they, I felt that they really had a passion to elevate the city where I feel like we go back to this. This is kind of just like a snooze fest and Philadelphia cannot be a snooze fest. Agreed. I mean, granted, some of those people were probably invested- <laughs> in lining their own pockets and in and uh, leveraging their power from the mayoral's office to peddle influence. But they were invested. 
we can agree on that. And now I'm jumping subjects a little, but where's Danielle Outlaw? Do you even know who she is? Yeah, she's the Philadelphia Police Commissioner. Do you ever hear anything about her? I do not, which might be a good thing. Um, in one, in one regard, in one regard, in the sense that Philadelphia cops are murdering unarmed black men. Because that's usually when we see police commissioners on TV. Am I wrong? Well, I'm just, full disclosure, I'm looking her up right now. She's been out of work for a month because she was in a car crash that had a back injury. Let's overview Pennsylvania. Really, all we got now is Josh Shapiro. Thank God. Correct. John Fetterman can barely get to work. Danielle Outlaw, she has been checked out now in her defense. She walked into this position in the middle of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But that being said, there was always a rumor that she was being, they wanted to elevate her. She was reached, New York was reaching out to her. Philadelphia would not let her take the position. So I, I feel like we're kind of in this chaotic state in terms of no one's really, not even in charge, but no one's advocating for the citizens of Philadelphia. And it's, let's not forget about Bob Casey, who is undergoing uh, prostate cancer treatment, correct? Yeah, and I, I do, and I do feel bad. I feel bad for everyone. I, I am empathetic, but how do we? I, I don't. I'm concerned about the quick decline in our beloved city of brotherly love. As well, we should be. You're a concerned citizen, and so am I. And our expectations for the community, for the city, for the region, and the state. I think it's an appropriately high level. We don't want to see the worst of Philadelphia because we realize that it's it's a race to the bottom. And everyone loses in that scenario. And just recently, too, those two guys that broke out of prison. Who breaks out of prison today? They finally were arrested yesterday. That's scary. No, One I agree with you. It certainly, certainly doesn't make the. Um, it doesn't make. It doesn't make you feel safe in your neighborhood. In your home. So now we've got um, one of them had committed four murders. They they picked him up yesterday, and I felt bad for his poor mother. His brother, who goes to Philadelphia Community College, is a basketball star and just got a scholarship. He's driving his brother around with his mother in the city, and the boy was supposed to. And I'm calling him a boy because he's 18 years old. Right. So now he's driving around with the mother, the brother. Can you imagine the amount of panic in that car? So now this older brother who's about to take on a scholarship for basketball is now driving around his brother. And we shouldn't be, no one should be living that quality of life. And no one at 18 should be up for four murder charges. What the hell is going on in this city? It's a cycle of violence. It's the drug trade. It is the desperation, depravity. It's everything that we've talked about in previous podcasts about what's happening in the city of Philadelphia, as well as the United States, broadly speaking. And I think for me, the two people that are up for the city of Philadelphia mayor, I don't know if they have that strength because I'm a little concerned about their background because we're not talking about people that are 40 and this happened when they were 25. We're talking about people that had two strange occurrences and they were probably in their late 40s, early 50s. Even well, here's, here's the other side of that argument. What you're saying is a legitimate concern, what you're expressing. However, I think it's important to consider this idea. 30 years ago, 40 years ago, certainly 50 years ago, these things also happened, you're but right. it never made it to the press. It never made it to the public. So yes. I don't necessarily think we're on a downward spiral of governmental collapse and moral decay necessarily. 
I think what we're witnessing is the curtain being pulled back on our elected officials and we're seeing who they really are. That many of these people are irresponsible, they're entitled because they recognize because of their positions, they can get away with things that you and I cannot get away with. And I think that's more likely the case than we are seeing some, then we're seeing signs of a broad moral decay, a more broad societal collapse. Would you agree with that? I hate agreeing with you, but I will agree with you. Yay! And I do, I was negligent. I have to give Parker more credit. She did earn her bachelor's degree at Lincoln University and her master's degree from University of Pennsylvania. So there you go. And I think that's really what it is. I think you get to a certain level in society and government and you recognize that the rules don't apply to you the way that they apply to other people. And you sort of take things for granted. You know the cops, you get people to look the other way or you have connections that make your problems vanish. And sometimes they don't. And then, you know, in an age of social media, it all comes to light or mostly comes to light. For me, I'm advocating for Sherelle Parker. I think it's time that the city voted in a female and more importantly, a black female. When I was at my unnamed job yesterday, one of the first clients I helped had a Sherelle Parker button on. And I thought, you know what? I kind of like this energy for the community. She is representing who her constituents is. It's not this, and I don't even want to say white or black. I'm over men. Let's get a female in there. Well, I think as we've seen throughout the country, especially in the governor's office, we've seen more and more women step into the role. So if anything, we can probably say goodbye to the days of, you know, dead hookers and live boys. Now we just have to worry about them drinking in office. Is that too, is that too harsh? Well done, Nick. That was funny. Yeah, women women aren't as sloppy as men. And what I just said was sexist. They're in just general, in general, I think women are not as sloppy. But yes, let's not put any one group gender demographic on a pedestal because they will always disappoint us. So what I want to... We know who's running. I'm an advocate of Sherelle Parker. Can I assume you are also? I find it to be a compelling candidate. I, I It's sort of a dark horse candidate that I thought was an interesting, um, potentially interesting leader would have been Helen Jim. She is an Asian woman and she's very bright. She uh, is a good speaker. And I think it's interesting from the perspective of what it would say if the city of Philadelphia had chosen an Asian woman as the next mayor. Because let's face it, if you win the Democratic primary, you're almost, almost assuring to win the general election. And I thought that would have been very interesting in a sense that would Philadelphia, with a large African-American population, find common ground with a woman of Asian descent? Because let's face it, the Minority groups, especially those towards the bottom, tend to maintain a certain level of hostility toward each other that is not really justified, but it exists. So from that perspective, from a political perspective, from in a perspective of association, I thought that would have been interesting, but Ellen Jim did not win. So I guess we can continue the conversation about Sheryl Park. And I, I know this is gonna be really weird, but I think if you run for mayor of Philadelphia, 
you need to be born in at least Pennsylvania, and it's not the case. Well, I think this is the way, this is the future. And maybe it's not the worst thing in the world in the sense that, you know, if you're born in another state, you're born in New York City, but you went to Philadelphia and you've been in Philadelphia since you're in college and you're now in your 50s, 60s, I can I can see past being born in Delaware County or Chester County or something like that. I think those formative adult experiences and your attachment to the city during those important years of your life, I think speaks more than what the address was for your on your birth certificate. And Helen, Jim, my intention when we started this podcast was to really talk about all the candidates, but it's not necessary now that it's been narrowed down. But Helen, Jim did go to the University of Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, she's bright. She's a very bright woman. She's tiny. I saw her speak at the John Fetterman rally prior to the election last year. And I thought she was dynamic. She was friendly. She's a people person. I think there's a future for her in Philadelphia politics. And I would not be surprised if someday we see her on the national stage. She was also one of the the people in the city that got involved with Take the uh, Frank Rizzo mural and the statue down. Yes, I mean, she's a very socially conscious person. And and I and I saw her and I was immediately um, drawn to her energy and drawn to her ideas. Uh, but I recognize part of the fact she's not really a young woman. She's 55 years old, but her appearance is that of someone in their late 20s or early 30s. And that doesn't help her case when you're running for a leadership position in a major city. She does look, I, to be honest, I was surprised she was 55. I didn't think she was in her 20s, but I thought maybe she was 40. Yeah, yeah, so, and I think that unfortunately works against her. Yeah, so I guess these two people that are coming together, you know, are they going to be strong enough to get city the city back on track? Because I don't feel either that between the Philadelphia police, the mayor's office, I feel like, you know, I watched, I'm old school, I watched the morning news. I, t- I take it seriously the responsibility seriously that every morning I turn on a local news channel and watch it because I want to know what's going on in my neighborhood. I think it's, I know so many people are disengaged from around the corner and though I'm not moving and shaking the world, I want to be aware and I don't feel like everyone's working together and I'm hoping with the election of a new mayor, it will be a reboot post pandemic and, you know, maybe someone, you know, like Cheryl could help and work with a Danielle outlaw better, you know, that the current mayor is. I just think they're all on different pages. You Years ago, you would see the mayor and the chief of police out there. You don't see them together anymore. I agree. I think what happens in city politics, in big city politics, is that everybody carves out their own domain because there is a political component to it. If you are the, if you are the police commissioner, you don't want you don't necessarily want to be seen as a follower, even though the mayor holds rank above you. And if you're the mayor, you don't necessarily want to be seen as taking um, taking cues from the police commissioner. So I think there's a little bit of that schoolyard competition for dominance. And I think that's part of it. And I just think some of it just goes back to old politics. I mean, city of Phil- the city of Philadelphia is an old city and things have been done a certain way for a very long time. Hopefully these, these women can work in a new way, but 
I don't mean to be cynical, but I guess I am being cynical. I'm not, I don't plan to hold it. I don't plan on holding my breath. And really, that's we're still talking about this in 2023. How about collaboration? How about working together as a team? It's so old school and it's just so discouraging that even post pandemic, in the middle of the pandemic, I never felt a sense of the two leaders of Philadelphia coming together. To me, in a perfect world, it should be John Fetterman, Casey, Josh Shapiro, the mayor of Pittsburgh, the mayor of Philadelphia. We should all be on the same team advocating for our own cities, advocating for the state as a whole. It feels like everyone even now is still in their own little hub. And it's just so discouraging. I agree with you. Ideally, that would be the case. What tends to happen, and I think it's just a feature of human nature, it's not necessarily a feature of Philadelphia, is that you have these leaders and they all want to dominate their own, their domain, and they don't want to share the spotlight. And also there is a um, a money consideration, especially within the city. There is a, a money consideration, especially within the city. And we have to take that into consideration. Pie's only so, so small. I have an idea. A large rather. You should get into politics and run for mayor of Philadelphia. Then you should run for governor, then senator. Yeah, I mean, Yay! you know, <laughs> when I was in high school, that's something that may have appealed to me. But the problem is, and it's just a feature of politics, you can't, you can't play with, you can't play in the dirt without getting money. And I think that's what it is. And I, and I hold myself and I, I don't want to sound like um, an elitist. I, I really do value a certain sta- set of standards and morals. And I think once you get into politics, you have to sacrifice them. You can lie about the morals and standards that you support. You will have to sacrifice them. No, I, and I agree. And I do think, I guess I just feel like that mid-generation, and some of them are young. They're not like 65. They're not 70. They're not even remotely as old as our president's. But I'm discouraged how people who I consider not baby boomers, Generation Xers, are kind of behaving as the previous generation, and it's discouraging. Because I think once you get to a certain level, you get you get your slice of the pie, whatever it is, a certain level of income, a certain standard of living, a certain amount of power. And rather than having this expansive view where you bring more people to the table, you start to become protective and defensive because you don't want anyone, you know, eating from your slice of the pie, if I can mix my metaphors. And I think it's just a feature of what it means to be human. It's easy to be an egalitarian when you have nothing. But as soon as you get a little bit of something, you become protective of what you have. And I think that's just the way human beings work. And I think the millennials will probably do the same thing, but not as badly as the Gen Xers. And the Gen Xers are doing the same thing as the baby boomers, not as badly. And I think we just have to resign ourselves to the idea of incremental improvement, meaning that the change that you articulated probably won't happen for several more generations to come. Maybe when we're old and gray or no, that's actually right now. I am old and gray. So that's that's where we are. I think we're fighting against entrenched ideas, entrenched principles, and I think we're fighting against human nature. And I think that's why this is so hard. Yeah, no, I agree. I guess I keep hoping, you know, it's that 10-year-old girl in me that I'm hoping for all of this change. But I realize now it's just not going to happen 
I don't love both candidates. I'm respectful. They're doing much more to add to the city than I ever will. But at the same time, I don't feel that there's a strength there that I feel like they're going to elevate us to the next phase that we need. But you're right. It's it's probably it's not going to happen. And hopefully they can somewhat work together with the police commissioner, the senators, the you know, the the mayor, everyone can work together because I feel like now everyone's not only the city of Philadelphia, the country, the world, everyone is in their own pod. Yeah. Yeah. And and like I said, you know, part of it is just a function of age. As you get older, you start to gather resources and you will do whatever you need to do to protect those resources from other people. But Where I do we go think, from here? I'm going to stay positive that they will make small incremental changes. I'm going to s- steal it from you. But again, I don't think anything is going to be radically different. I, it makes me sad because I feel like the city of Philadelphia is one of the most important and greatest cities in this country. And when I see it being diminished, it makes me sad. But I do think that maybe in another five to 10 years, we will bounce back in terms of finding a new way to legislate. I agree. And I think that's a beautiful sentiment. Who's our sponsor today, Marie? Today's sponsor is my family-owned Springfield Ale House Delco. You, you notice I keep saying that every week. 773 West Sprawl Road, Springfield, Pennsylvania. Phone number 484-472-6742. They have the best drinks, best meals, but especially the best appetizers, again, in the tri-state area. Please follow them on Instagram and Facebook, but better yet, go visit them in person. And again, yeah. like, what's your favorite? You should like, you keep saying you like the cheesesteak egg rolls. Do you think you could expand a little or? Can you really kinda- do better than cheesesteak egg rolls? Oh my God, they're so good. Do you get I'm them well man. done? Um, well, I like them crispy, but I, I, I still want like a fairly soft middle. A little bit chewy on the in the middle, outside crispy. That's my, that's the way I take my cheesesteak egg roll. I'm a simple man with simple needs. Do you dip them in ketchup, ranch, or nothing? Yes. Yes. And if there is some cheese on the side, hello. Thank you for joining us today on The White Bikini. Please remember to subscribe to The White Bikini on all of your favorite podcast services. And please visit our Instagram page at The White Bikini. Thank you for joining us today.